I don't care if Lean likes this. I'm done with that. I've been posting your photos all over the place. <laughs> Snapchat. She doesn't notice because she's too busy studying. Can we start now, Harji? Yes. Is it allowed? <clears throat> all right. Welcome back to the Bundle of Hers, everybody. We have me, Bushra, Harji, and Margot in studio. Once hey. again, giving you another awesome podcast. So we're probably, each of us are three rotations into our third year. Yeah. And I think it's kind of important to talk about the hard aspects of third year. One thing that I've realized, just kind of like talking to everybody in our class on rare occasions when I actually get to see my classmates, it's sad, I know, <laughs> <laughs> is that we all go through like difficult times. And I'll share an example. I'll go first. Um, so I'm on my anesthesia um, elective right now, and I really, really love it. I love the hands-on aspect of it. Um, it's a little difficult because I'm with a different preceptor every day. Um, and this week I was with a preceptor that I was kind of really excited about because this is like the first woman that I was going to be with um, during this rotation. And I was like super excited. This is going to be so awesome. She's going to show me the tricks of the trade and spend a little bit more time with me and everything like that. I built this thing up so much in my head. And I get there and I meet her and she's nice enough. She introduces herself. It's very formal, but that's fine. It usually is in the beginning. And then as we get into our cases, she starts kind of, I don't know if you guys have heard of the term pimping before, um, but it's basically uh, a term used in medical education that basically denotes uh, attendings asking you sometimes really tough questions. Um, and the purpose is allegedly, <laughs> the purpose is to kind of see where your knowledge gaps are. But I think historically it's been used to kind of kind of humble the medical student and kind of make you feel a little stupid, which I haven't experienced yet up until that day. I've been asked questions, but usually I didn't feel like it was um, to make me feel stupid. Mm -hmm. But that's what I felt like during, <laughs> that's what I felt like during this interaction. And so, you know, I kind of felt a little awkward during that and it's me the anesthesia attending and um, a nurse is usually in there the surgeon or uh, the other doctor that's doing whatever operation or whatever um, and it was just like an awkward position to be in because I saw her interactions with the rest of the staff and she was like super lovely and super like you know charismatic and stuff like that but towards the med student it was very cold and very like matter of fact and very like oh yeah um and so that was probably one of the harder things I've had to deal with. But I will say I did learn a lot during that interaction. And I think mostly it was kind of how I react in a difficult situation. I think some people like to see you sweat. But that my whole goal during that interaction was like, don't give her the satisfaction. Do not give her the satisfaction. If I don't know a question, I'll be like, I don't know, but I'm going to I can tell you my thought process. And see how that goes. And sometimes it went fine. And other times she would not, you know, she would not let it go. That's like one example of kind of what some of the tough times in third year are. Um, have you guys have any had any experiences like that? Yeah. And um, Bush, I think that's a story we can all relate to with pimping. Um, and I want to add a side note that when I started medical school, I was kind of 
mad about this term pimping and I did some research into it and it's actually um, derived from a German word, which means rapid fire questioning, not what we know as the term pimping, because I was about to go on like a rampage getting rid of that word because it has other very negative connotations. And so just as a side note, the original derivative derivative of that word. Yeah. So just to clear that up. But um, I did have some awkward pimping moments too. And like you, Bushra, I just say, usually I just say, I don't know. And I think there's a tendency for medical students to feel and like given and feel very stupid by that. But I kind of think of it as like you world, which is the practice um, question bank for step one. You're not supposed to get them right. You're supposed to learn from these questions, get them wrong and learn from them or know what you need to go look Mm -hmm. up. Um, So that kind of like having that mentality whenever physicians go into this like rapid fire questioning until like I think I've. I feel like they go until you get something wrong. So right. it's like you're never going to feel good coming out of a session <laughs> like that, like a U-World question bank session. So, yeah, I can definitely relate to that. But it's not fun. You it, feel really stupid. Yeah, it's def- and especially when you have like all eyes on you, like the whole room is just looking at you like, you don't know the answer to this question. I'm yeah. Like, mm, no, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, what about you, Harjeet? I think for me, it took a long time for me to really feel like I was pimped because um, I remember I was like eight weeks into all my rotations and like I think Lean was talking to me about it and I was like, I don't know what you mean by pimping. I don't think anyone's ever pimped me before. I'm just like, oh, they ask questions. That's that's just like Mm -hmm. a very generalized thing. But I think there's different intents to it that you kind of have to like think about. One intent is to get the med student to learn more, right? Like you ask questions and then they will answer them. If they get them wrong, they'll remember. If they get them right, they'll know that they're right, right? So some attendings ask for the purposes of learning. I think some attendings ask for the purposes of putting you in your place. Like you're a medical student. You should know that this is where we all started and this is how we go above. And I think within that, There's two directions. Some people, when they see themselves being treated a certain way, they're like, I'm going to change this for the future. But some people are like, no, I went through this. So you have to go through this. Right. (laughs) They perpetuate the cycle. Right. And I think the third purpose of pimping is and this one could be a negative way is I do believe that sometimes people just don't vibe with you. What I mean by that is. I think as much as people try to be non-judgmental, actually, I, I wouldn't say everyone tries mm-hmm. that, but as much as people try to be non-judgmental, they make those judgments about you. And then they're like, let me ask them questions because somehow it satisfies their ego. And I think in all of these scenarios, obviously, the first is the best because these people are asking you questions so you could learn. Right. Mm-hmm. But when they ask you for their own ego, I just remember that that's on them and that doesn't hurt me. Mm-hmm. So I think it's very much my perspective around pimping that has protected me so far. But it is difficult. Um, I'm on my surgery rotation. And um, before I was on my psychiatry rotation and psychiatry is difficult in different ways. And my surgery rotation is difficult in different ways. So I we round in the morning. What that means is like, We present on all our patients and I actually realized like I don't know a lot. Today we had a patient who had like a fistula and I was like, okay. And then they started talking about how you treat them. And I was like, I never learned this. 
Like, I didn't know the details. Like, there's high output fistulas, which means a lot. By the way, a fistula is an improper connection between two entities, right? So sometimes there's like a high output fistula, right? And there's a low output fistula. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I don't know any of this. And how am I supposed to learn? And is the assumption that I already know this? It is difficult and it's hard. And I think, Bushra, your story has two things. It's not only the pimping, but it's also like learning how to interact with people that just aren't, you know, some people are just have different personalities. Yeah, yeah, which is like something new for me because I do, I like generally tend to mesh well with people generally. And so when it was like super cold, I was like, oh, shoot. Like the other staff was very nice. The tech, the nurse, the uh, the um, surgeons, like really nice. And then it was me and my attending and it was like you could you know, cut the friction with a freaking knife. It was so thick. I can't even say she was a bad teacher because all of the hands-on experience that I got was great. Like she let me intubate a 12-year-old for That's the first amazing. time. Like she let me do a lot of things. That was so freaking awesome, which is why like, I don't think that day was a bad day necessarily. I just wish, I, I think it's because I built up in my head how awesome that it was going to be like my interaction with her and stuff like that. Her being a woman and like you know like mm-hmm. i just wanted it to be so awesome because it's very rare that you get to work with um female providers yeah and when you do you like i generally want to make the most of it and i want to like take from their experience and, and learn from that and part of me was thinking well maybe this is her experience in the way that she was taught like maybe that's why she has an informal or not necessarily an informal but very um cold relationship with medical students and sometimes i think people who have that idea in their head when it comes to medical uh, teaching medical students i feel like sometimes that that's such a disservice like you should be recruiting medical students to go into your field and that kind of like coldness that's not going to make anyone want to go into your field yeah and that's not going to make anyone want to learn from you I take the experience for what it is because I learned how to work with someone that's kind of difficult to work with. I don't think it hurt my feelings necessarily. It just kind of like took me by surprise. Yeah. Um, Something that like you've said, Harji, in the past is that like these like negative interactions, if you consistently work with someone that's like that every single day, yeah, it might be like a short term for like whatever rotation that you're in but it can impact you for the rest of your career. Right. Um, and I think, too, Bisha, you were talking about like how you had built this up and you were um, thinking it was going to be a really positive experience to have maybe even this like mentorship blossom from working with yeah. this one female provider. And I think, I think it's hard whenever you first meet an attending. Um, and some attendings take a very formal approach, like this example that you're talking about, and others are very informal and friendly, and you almost form, they almost want to form a friendship with you. And I think that's probably one of the hardest things of medical school, well, of third year um, for me right now is just like navigating each of those relationships with different attendings and, and other staff is like, is this person just very formal and I should be very formal because that's how they are and then there's other attendings who are maybe too friendly that it seems like not a natural like yeah. mentor student relationship 
even if they're being friendly, are you, should you still be formal with them or is it okay for you to like, you know, be a little bit joking and stuff like that? I think that's really hard. And then like, by the time you figure out that attending, you've moved on to another one. Yeah. I think Margot, this is a really big thing that we've been learning this year is like, we have these people who are evaluating us, right? They're grading us. They're also our educators. So we want to gain a lot from them too, right? Just figuring out what kind of relationship to have with them. The way I've approached it is the first day is usually a quiet day. Like you observe the person in front of you. They observe you. And then I generally tend to always be myself. And sometimes it does does get hard because I grew up in a very environment that we didn't use like big words. I was having this conversation with Busha yesterday. So I don't use big words. I like to talk very casually, if that's the term. Again, quotation marks on that because it's how you define things, right? right? And I'm not I'm not into using big words and like, you know, explaining things in medical terms, which I understand is necessary in documentation and sometimes just to relay your idea. But I wonder if it's more just so you sound smarter. So it's like you're credible because of your language. I think when I speak with physicians, sometimes they see that in me because I use very like base level words. Right. Um, but what's amazing is I there was an attending I was working with in surgery and she was like, yeah, just tell me like normal words. What do you think is wrong? And I'm like, literally, my heart swelled. I'm like, did you just say I could use normal words to explain something? So like. Yeah, it it is hard because you have to change the way you talk with people. You have to change the way you act, right? But you know what I will say? This is how I resist, y'all. I don't change the way I talk. I don't change the way I act because these people should also see who I am as a person. And if it hurts me, it hurts me. But I'm not doing anything wrong. Like, I like that standpoint that you have, but it's difficult for me as a med student to be like, oh, I'm not going to change anything because that's what the expectation has already been set that I use medical terms instead of layman terms, that I dress a certain way, that I keep my hair a certain way, that I like, you know, all these things are deemed as this is what a professional person would do. And I agree with you that you can use like simple terms to describe things, the whole purpose of language is to communicate with people. And if you can understand what I'm saying, why should I have to change that? That's something that I've like internally struggled with. And I still like, I feel like I give into a lot. Mm-hmm. I give into a lot. I've changed myself a lot to fit in. And it's like, I wish I could say I resist everything, but it's kind of hard to do that. Okay, I say that's what I want to do in theory, but I don't do that all the time either, right? You have to give in, like, yeah. and, and sometimes it is a system, and we have elected to be a part of it, right? So we do have to follow the rules, and yes, I'm learning that I have to, when I present, I have to use the proper terminology. When I write my notes, I have to use the proper terminology, but a part of me just in there kind of sneaks it in. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, Let's just sneak this in. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's an interesting like balance that we're all trying to figure out is how do we maintain our own personalities in this system where we're supposed to fit this template, so to speak, right? Like yeah. in how you present and how you document and even how you interact with 
the attending and the residents, it's very tricky for me to know when to like sprinkle in my personality versus just like keeping my mouth closed and only talk when I'm talked to. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and I watch, you know, how the residents interact with each other and with the attending. And it's very like lighthearted and friendly and collegial, which I think is very different than medicine was a long time ago. And I I love that, um, that that's the environment that we work at here um, at the university of Utah. But, I still struggle with knowing like where I fit in. Mm-hmm. Like, am I just a, a fly on the wall to them and like, I'll be gone in the next two weeks. So do they really care what I think and want me to like chime in? Like, do they know that I'm listening and want to participate in yeah. their conversation? Um, or is it like eavesdropping when they have a conversation and I just, especially when they in. have like a conversation about their lives outside of work. And it's like, Oh, I have a like funny story about that. Maybe I should just do keep you, it to myself. Do you I'm not part of the it? it depends if I feel comfortable or not. Usually I do because I'm like, hey, that's so hilarious. It's funny mm-hmm. that you mentioned that because I read this article or like I watched this funny commercial or like whatever, you know, like it's it's nice to be uh, a human being, like a person yeah. who has a life outside of medicine, who watches TV, who's on Instagram, who like, you know, surfs the web and like does you know, hiking and biking or whatever. It's nice to show that part of yourself in the clinical setting and to like let people know, hey, yeah, I know I'm a student and you guys are, are doctors or whatever, but like we're all still people. Right. I, I've knock on wood, have had great attendings who have made me like I'm not the one who starts a conversation, but they ask me something personal. They open up the door and make me feel comfortable, you know, and and I've also noticed those are the ones that have been the some of my greatest educators. Mm-hmm. They care about you. They know where you come from and they understand like why you're here. And then then they take out the time. They're like, oh, you should know this. And and, and they always relate to you like, oh, when I was a medical student, I had to do this. Or when I was a resident, I had to do that. I think it would be really, really hard if you had someone that that wasn't there. I know that I might experience that because not everyone's the same. Yeah. You know, and I'm only in my like what second rotation. Yeah. I mean, I will say that most like 99% of my experience in third year has been great as far as like my teachers go. But I know that some of our classmates would say the opposite. Mm -hmm. They were were having the opposite experience. And like one thing that I realized that's been kind of like a running theme at one point or another is that um, the level of self-doubt that kind of creeps up during third year of like, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing or I don't know if I'm supposed to be in there. Like, you know, just like that level of self-doubt where you literally are questioning every single thing that you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've experienced it. I don't, I don't know if I won't speak for you guys, but I know I've definitely experienced that. I have too. I had a patient who was dehydrated, right? And literally, this is a simple answer I think most people will get. If you're thirsty, you drink water, right? <laughs> and I was like racking my brain. Like, what do I give them? Because, you know, you're not taught, like, give them lactate ringer, blank percent, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like, you don't know the names of everything. And I was like... Um, I don't, I'm like, I was like, I'm lost. And I literally made a fool of myself. But you know what? That's okay. You learned. At <laughs> That's okay. End, right? You know, yeah, I learned in the end. And you know what? Literally, my, my thing has been this third year. I don't care if I look smart. Yeah. I want to yeah. learn in the end. Right. So even if I look dumb, 
at least I'll gain something in the yeah, end. Right. Even this morning, my like my resident was like, do you want to present to the attending kind of saying like we can do it if you don't want to. I was like, if I say no, I won't ever get to try. So I'm just going to say yes. <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. And you I just, think, you yeah. just kind of and put I, yourself out there. And it's OK to feel like you're not the best thing. Yeah. But there is I will say, Busha, there is a lot of self-doubt in the sense that I'm here and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I need to learn so much. Am I ever going to learn it all? Like, how can I be a good physician? Right. Like, because that's the goal for mm-hmm. us. That's the goal. Right. Yeah. And I think Harji, it helps a lot when you have a positive attitude like you do. Like, inevitably, we're always going to not know the right answer in third year because we're naive and we haven't we haven't done this before. And we're not going to know the answers, but if you have a positive attitude like you do, like, oh, well, I'm going to just, you know, I don't know. It's something so simple as dehydration, but I just don't know. And saying that with a positive, like, I don't know, but I'm going to come out learning and it'll be fine. I know it was the worst, y'all. Versus I think a lot of medical students are perfectionists by nature and by selection of this process. And we feel like we have to get it perfect the first time. And that's just not that's like a big burden to put on ourselves is to feel like you have to know every answer the first time and so i really mm-hmm. like how you approach it Harji. yeah um, that's great i um, i hope to keep on approaching it that way definitely there's hard things because you do see you see very like systematic things that are mm-hmm. that are not great mm-hmm. i will say not great at all and they're very detrimental to like our mental health and stuff yeah why is the attitude like oh it was hard for us you should have it hard for you or people only learn when you're tough on them mm-hmm. i don't believe that no and i think there's less and less of that i think it used to be very yeah. prevalent in medicine and i agree there's a very good shift now especially with residents i feel like yeah. they do not not no. all of them the majority of them do not take that they're very open and friendly and understanding and collegial But one thing back on the self-doubt topic that you had mentioned earlier, Bushra, I think my first rotation, I felt like I had really good interactions and positive feedback from my attendings. And then I got my evaluations back for the end grades after that. And they were not like they were mismatched from what I thought my feedback and interactions had been with those people. And so now I feel like I'm a little bit more skeptical of like when an attending says like, oh, you're doing a great job. And I'm like, okay, is that right? (laughs) Like, okay, you say that, but are you like, how are you going to grade that? Is it, you know, average good job or like you're a four good job? (laughs) So I, I think that I've kind of taken a step back after my first rotation and been a little bit more hesitant. Can I ask um, you a question? When I get feedback. Can I ask you yeah. a question on that, Margot? You got so many weeks of verbal positive feedback, right? And then in the end, your score maybe didn't match that verbal feedback. Would you rather have it the opposite way? Yes. Honestly, you, you because would? in the end, those good grades help in residency, unfortunately. That's, interesting. That's so interesting. I, think I, I actually I, love I would, this because <laughs> I'm going to totally disagree with you. I would have the stamina and like I feel like I could handle it if I got just totally negative feedback and like felt like the attendings hated me and then came out with honors on the end I think I would I would be fine with that honestly I I honestly I honestly would even fail a rotation (laughs) then have to deal with that really and you know why like we actually disagree on this point yeah (laughs) and I for me it's it's more I do care about passing right 
But with the number, what I'm saying is, yes, that'll make me feel good for getting into residency. But all those months of having positive feedback makes me want to learn more and understand more about like that particular field. And I think in the end, that would make me feel better. That's just so interesting. I think like for the example that you had of like getting negative verbal feedback and having an excellent score at the end the impact of the negative feedback long term is going to last forever. Like, I don't know, man, I've heard some terrible things. And when you go through that on a consistent basis and every day you're like, I suck or like, I can't do anything right. Like, I think that like chips away like the very fiber of your being. And some people might be like, oh, it's tough love, but it's like, uh, I don't believe in that. I'm sorry. I don't believe in tough love. Yeah, I know, but right. the, that's that's what you get. But though. you honestly, can't. It's you like know? so deceptive. Like, and and I know that it wasn't that bad or that much of a discrepancy. But to me, it was like, okay, are you lying to my face and I just telling it. me I'm good to be like, good job, pat on the back, let's make you yeah. feel good because you're millennials or whatever, and like <laughs> you all need to be told that you get a trophy at the I end of the day. Get, okay, and then you get like a score, and you're like, okay, well, you didn't that. really mean it. So like that makes I more would sense. Rather yeah. have feedback of like, no, you're not doing good on this, so so you can make it better. You need to you, so I know what I need to do. Not like thinking, going home and being like, oh, I'm doing great, and then realizing that I wasn't. Right. Yeah. I do see that there's like a fine balance with yeah, that. Yeah. And I, I get what you're saying, be. too. Like, it, it makes sense that you're not getting the real, like, what's really happening with right. you. It would be nice if they matched up. Yeah. Or if they gave more, like, if, like, concrete feedback. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay. I think you're doing on the right track for, like, where you should be. But, like, these are some things that I think you need to work on. And I feel like most physicians either don't have time or just don't say it because they don't want to hurt your feelings or something. Yeah. I yeah. don't know why. But like, to be honest, I would be miserable if somebody was telling me every day, like, you're horrible, you're horrible, you're horrible. Yeah. And like that obviously would wear on you. But like at the end of the day, if we're just talking, I would, if that, that happened and I got honors, I would be fine. <laughs> I, I, I think <laughs> you're done with it. Right. Right. You're done with it. But like, I would rather have like right. honest feedback. Yeah. And I think the most constructive people are the ones who give you a mix of both. You didn't do this, this and this well. Let me teach you. I think that's the whole point of evaluations. And I think sometimes the evaluations that we get miss the mark because I don't think they necessarily make us better future physicians or anything like that. From what I can tell, there's that constructiveness that's missing. I mean, I can't speak for every rotation, but from what I hear, there's like there's aspects of like, oh, you're doing a great job, even on the written final thing but you get straight twos. And it's like, what? It's crazy. Like, I don't and understand. Straight twos is like average. Average, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, if there isn't anything I can improve on, then how come I got average, average scores? And that can be very frustrating to students. But on the other hand of that, like, I'm coming into third year of like, shoot, as long as I pass, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't care. And so because I come in with that attitude, like, I know I'm not going to be disappointed because I don't think I'm going to fail anything um, unless I just completely give up. Hopefully, you know, knock on wood, I don't. <laughs> that doesn't happen. No. But yeah. it's like I want to learn a lot and I want to pass ultimately. Mm-hmm. And if I get average scores, so what? I completely agree with you, Ashra. I think it's important that 
you know, we have that outlook because the thing is sometimes, again, like we've said years and like, I feel like it's been years since we were doing this podcast. But since we've been saying (laughs) from the beginning that, you know, you can have certain numbers, you can have certain things that this culture of medicine tells you that you need this score or you need this grade to do X, Y and Z. But you know what you can do because you want to do it. Right. I think that's the key. And yeah, there'll be times where people don't vibe with us or we get pipped and we feel <laughs> stupid. But, you know, you have to kind of build your self-confidence. Yeah. It's important to realize how challenging third year is in a completely different way. Um, you're going to deal with unrealistic expectations, hard preceptors, attendings, residents that you're going to deal with. And you're going to deal with self-doubt. And that's all normal and a part of third year. But I also think that you need to go into third year constantly reminding yourself of like who you are, what your goals are, that a number is not going to define who you are. And just doing your best is enough. It yeah. is absolutely enough. I agree. And so don't kill yourself. Don't don't deprive yourself of like, you know, sleep and eating and all that stuff because you want to honor or something. It's not I don't think it's worth it. I mean, if you do, then by all means, but I'll just take care of yourself, I think is the most important lesson that you can that you can do in third year. Very important to have perspective. All right, guys, I yep. think that wraps up our conversation today. Thanks for listening to The Bundle of Hers, everyone. Uh, Make sure you check out our Instagram page at uh, Bundle of Hers. And we also have a Twitter now. It's also at Bundle of Hers. Um, Go ahead and follow us on our various platforms, and we'll see you all next week. Send us messages if you have any messages, please. (laughs) I think think that's... No. No, I think that sounded desperate. (laughs) It sounded desperate. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) 